You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey y'all, I'm Mella Borowski and you're listening to Bell Book and Candle. We've got a special guest today. Corby Mitleid is a certified tarot master, psychic medium, teacher, and ordained minister. Corby has been reading for almost 50 years and is a full-time intuitive counselor with clients worldwide. She's the author of several books, including the self-help volume, Clean Out Your Life Closet, and You've Got the Magic, Who Needs a Genie? Today, we're going to focus on her book, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, How to Find the Real Wizards and Avoid the Flying Monkeys. In this book, Corby explores how to use psychic counseling wisely. We're going to chat about that. And we've had a lot of psychics on the podcast, but this is the first time we've really delved into this particular topic. So thank you so much for being here, Corby. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for asking. So I saw a picture of you with a gorgeous drum with a raven painted on it on your website. And my own healing drum has a raven on it, which I asked the drum maker to paint to honor the Morrigan. And I noticed ravens throughout your website as well. Is there some special meaning or is it because your name is Corby? No, actually, my name is Corby because I love ravens. Okay. My legal name has no wiki-woo value to okay. it. <laughs> so, you know, I basically my real name to Corby Midlight is like Reg Dwight is to Elton John. <laughs> when I was looking for uh, a working name back in the 90s, it was because for a little while I worked under my legal name and I was getting calls at three in the morning. Oh my God. Hey, my wife left. Is the bitch coming back or can I scoot a woman down the street? She's hot. So like, no. So now I have a reader's name and you get my cell phone, which I turn off at 10 o'clock. But Corby is Gaelic for ravens. I mm. love the birds and my hair is dark or was, you know, now mm. it's better living through chemistry. And Midlide is the German word for compassion. It reminds me why I do the work. Oh, beautiful. That particular drum is the, it's 20 years old. Mm. When I was first on circuit, I, there weren't a lot of raven things out there. And I saw that drum literally from across the hall. And I was absolutely drawn to it. Didn't care what it cost. I had to have the drum. And so <laughs> the drum is now your know, pride of place in my office. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I am familiar with the Scottish story Twa Corbys, which is the only reason mm -hmm. I knew that Corby was a raven or crow of some sort. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your first experience with tarot. I know you've got a great story about that. Yes. Um, well, you really got to go back to how I got interested in all of this in the first place. And that that's because when I was nine, I read a book called The Witch Family by Eleanor Estes. And I went, oh, wow, there's magic in the world. I want to come find it. <laughs> so fast forward to 1973 when I was a senior in high school. And yes, my darlings, that tells you how old I am. Uh, that was the year <laughs> Live and Let Die came out. And they had Jane Seymour as solitaire, the, the reader. And so Spencer's had the James Bond 007 tarot it's still out there now, but it's called Tower of the Witches. Uh, and anyway, I bought it because we were all hippies then. 
you had your fringe jacket <laughs> and your elephant bell bottom. Should you right now? Five years later, everybody else had moved on to roller skates and disco balls. Not me. I loved the deck. I loved the stories that it told. So for twenty years, I read for friends, keeping my ego out of the way on the shelf. Mm. In nineteen ninety four. I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That's when the universe handed me my draft notice and said, "Hello, you're working for us." Wow! And are you a tarot deck collector? Yes and no. I do have some, but the deck that I always read with is the fabulous Tarot Illuminati by my、mm. friend Eric Dunn.、Uh, when I used to be a Robin Wood and a Morgan Greer person, but when this deck came out in 2013, the richness of it. The marvelous way he uses different cultures for each of the suits, I just fell into, and it's a great, great deck for allegory for explaining things to people.、Mm. Because how did we always learn for millennia? We told stories to、That's、each、right. other. That's、mm-hmm. right. And so, if a card can tell a story to somebody, it's better. For instance, let's take the tower card: doom, gloom, and destruction. Right.、Mm-hmm. Well. What I explain is, think of it more like the imploding sports stadium. New York Yankees want to build a new stadium. They got to blow up the old one first and clear the ground. That's right. So when somebody hears that about the tower, they don't get scared. They move forward with the work it, because you know、yeah. magic and tarot and the craft that scares the patooties out of people. Yeah. If we、does. can take the fear out,、yeah. then the true magic comes forward. And the healing, yeah. I mean, so、mm-hmm. much healing. It's not just about oh, let me find out about what's happening somewhere, which I know we're going to talk about. But yeah, there's a lot of healing that comes from that sort of thing. And so when you're looking at it with a different perspective, it really brings out the stories and the healing, and just like in the old, it does. And people will trust it more. Right. I don't recall seeing very many, if any, books about choosing an ethical or reliable psychic. So, why do you think there's not that many books about this topic? Well, there's lots and lots and lots on psychic development because、right. everybody wants to do. There were, when I started researching, two or three books about how to choose a psychic or psychic protection, and unfortunately, most of those books ended up with. The author saying, and by the way, I'm the only safe one out there, so come、oh, have a read with me.、Yeah. Eh, wrong answer. The reason that I wrote this book in the first place is a story in itself.、Um, I was doing a very large psychic fair up in Toronto, 250 booths.、Mm. We were across the aisle from what I call a fake gypsy.、Um, <clears throat> you、mm. can put on the jingling jewelry and the headscarf and the long skirt, and you can do a bad accent, and you can be a gypsy. Right. So a woman was walking down the aisles, looking at all the booths, and this fake gypsy comes out and grabs her arm. Now that's called hooking in the parlance, and it's as bad as the other kind of hooking. <laughs> and so she says, "Oh, you'll need no need to pay thirty, forty, fifty dollars. I do. Just pawn for ten. Come." And drags the woman into her booth behind a screen. Wow. Ten minutes later, a bunch of us see her client walking out, crying hysterically. We rush、oh. over. What happened? The gypsy had said, "Oh, you have a family curse. How、oh、many more family? Four. You have dog. Fifty dollars every family member. Twenty-five for dog. He's small. We fix." And told the woman if she didn't burn four hundred specially blessed candles at the Roman Catholic Church, I bless real good only one dollar candle. Her entire family was going to die in a car accident in two weeks, and she bought it.、Mm. And I just said to myself, "No, not on my watch." 
So that's why I wrote The Psychic Yellow Brick Road. And the subtitle is really Good Psychic Guidance is Art. Don't settle for a forgery. Mm. And I don't care if you never come to me. If you buy that book, if you read it and it helps you stay safe, I did my job. Right. That is still going on today. I see it happen in a lot of the witchy groups that I'm on, even on Facebook. And we jump in immediately and say, no, no, no. Just because people actually get terrified when they hear Mm -hmm. this whole curse thing. That's such a scam that's still going on today. So, yeah. Wow. People may hear that and say, oh, that doesn't happen anymore. It happens still. Oh, yeah. Look, there will always be scam artists in any industry. Yeah. And we don't have a better business bureau for psychics. We don't. So it means that we have to patrol ourselves and we have to guard our clients because there Mm. isn't any group out there that does it for us. Mm. And when someone's talking about getting a psychic reading, this is encompassing all sorts of gifts and types and mediumship and channeling and palm reading and tea leaf reading, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. What sort of red flags should people be looking for when they're choosing a psychic, regardless of what type? Well, the point is, if someone tries to hook you in with, I have a message from your grandfather, come into my booth and I will tell you, wrong. Yeah. Or they look at you and say, I see a hole in your aura. Or, mm. you know, you could be so much more successful if you didn't have that blockage, but I can fix. Anybody who starts out with a negative for you mm. and tries to hook you in so they can fix it, run, do not walk. Mm. Seriously. Yeah. When you know, a lot of people ask me, well, how do you choose a psychic? Because there are, it's like, how do you choose a doctor? Well, are you looking for a GP? Do you need a specialist? What do you need? So I use the example of if you're walking into an expo where you don't know any of us from Adam's house cat. Mm. And I tell people, you have to be good puppies. <laughs> First thing you do is you go for your walkies. You go in and you walk around <laughs> and you just look at the booze. You don't have to talk to anybody. You just get a feel for what's there. Yeah. Then you go and you get paper trained. And that's where you go <laughs> and you pick up material. We all have flyers or rack yeah. cards. And you know, you take a look and you read. And there will be three or four people that sound like they know what they're talking about or um, they're specialists in what you're looking for. If you really want past lives, not everybody does it. Then you go back and you talk to the psychic themselves. If they're not busy, if they are, you talk to their front people. But I always tell people, remember, I can say that I'm wonderful and you don't have to believe me. And we hire our front people to say they love us. My first front person was my husband's wonderful office manager at the museum he ran. Her name was Laura. Do you think that Laura was going to dismiss his museum director on the weekends? Probably not. (laughs) Right. So you go and you look at our testimonial books, all of the professionals, we've got them. Mm -hmm. And you look inside and you see, are we kind? Are we funny? Do we have specialties, children, dogs, dead people? Are we accurate? Would people come back? Mm. But the last thing is I cannot tell you strongly enough. Check in at your heart level, guys. You are putting your hard earned money on the table. Mm. 
If the psychic doesn't feel like they have a brain in their head, they really give a damn about what they're doing, or they're going to give you good information, don't go there no matter how cool the wiki woo looks on the table. Mm-hmm. And if nobody there rings your chimes, leave without a reading. There will be somebody else. I promise that's not your only shot. Mm, such good advice. When people hear that kind of practical information, that isn't what I call glurpy purple with angels. Uh-huh. They look at me and they go, whoa, I didn't know psychics talked like that. I go, yeah. <laughs> They should. Hi, I'm from New York. <laughs> You're going to get it right inside the head with a clue brick. <laughs> My husband is from upstate New York, from Utica. Uh, okay, well, I live right near from there, this Gohari Valley. My county has 30,000 people and a bunch of cows and sheep. And for a girl <laughs> who grew up around Philly, different planet. So every medium that I've interviewed for the podcast has told me that people will always come in wanting to talk to you know, grandma, one specific person, and they can't guarantee that person will come through. If a psychic medium can't guarantee that, is that a red flag or is that true? No, it's absolutely true. But it's why I work a little differently. Okay? Okay. When you come into me, I am not going to go fish because it's mm-hmm. vague and it'll take me too much time to make sure I have your right person. So I ask you to give me the dog tags. For instance, my father, Jerome Richard Dorkin, who died in 2001 at the age of 80. Mm. Who they were to you, full name, year they died, and how old they were. That really tells me nothing, but it can get me into the energy immediately. And then for some odd reason, my guides play charades with me. I have a a whole dictionary of gestures. They smoked, (laughs) they had surgery, it was a fast. But when you do that, it's much better so that you don't get it's a rose they love you two examples Uh, a woman wanted to speak to her father-in-law all of a sudden i felt myself miming shooting a pool cue he taught her how to play pool Mm. a woman wanted to speak to her grandfather i find myself saluting but americans salute with a palm down brits and canadians salute with a palm out she Mm. had just graduated from the royal canadian mounted police academy the week before and the palm out salute was he was acknowledging it and telling her he was proud wow see and also it's it can be voices there was a woman i read her in york pennsylvania and her husband had died six months before she didn't tell me he was a texan but all of a sudden my arms go out wide my head tilts and hey baby because that's how we (laughs) walked in every night now this is one of the reasons i will not do mediumship in a gallery Mm. now you want the pg version or the r version your choice are <laughs> okay this was in Canastota, new york and um it was a biracial same gender couple the black partner had died and her white widow wanted to speak to her now remember i grew up a nice jewish kid in cherry hill new jersey i have manners but what comes floating out of my mouth in flawless urban ebonics was well shit if it ain't my white bitch and i'm going oh but the woman <laughs> in front of me is laughing and nodding because that's how her partner isabel walked into the house after every business trip oh wow <laughs> now you can't do that on stage. Right. <laughs> and if I had tried to clean it up, she wouldn't have had that absolute guaranteed note from the one she loved. Past lives are really very uh, useful for people. Not that you should sit and look at, you know, who was I in all my past lives because this is with popcorn in the movie theater and you're not living. But sometimes a past life can help you get over something now or it'll explain an obsession. Uh, Two really uh, good examples. Woman comes to me and says, my son's in his late 20s 
and he still won't live more than a mile from me. He asks me about everything. Um, I'm really worried he's too attached. Why is this? And so I did a quick check upstairs and I said, all right, I'm seeing Utah Beach. So this is D-Day. Uh, he's got a badly mangled leg. You were his commanding officer. You pulled him over the dunes to keep him out of the line of fire. You took some shrapnel yourself, but you both lived. Mm. And she looks at me and she says very quietly, can you see what my rank was? I said, yeah, you were a sergeant. And she sits back and she goes, he has called me Sarge since I was three. He was three years old and we have never figured out where that came from. Wow. Okay. So that's one. Another one was a woman. She lived in the Midwest, had no connections, but was always fascinated by civil rights, the Underground Railroad, all of that. So I said, okay, I'm seeing a whitewashed room, has a low ceiling. There are two gentlemen standing up, uh, but their heads are bent so they can fit in. And you are kneeling by a very rickety little iron bed uh, with a old black woman who is dying. Uh, you're in a dress that looks about 1862-63. It's a gray serge. You have black sutash. All of you are really grieving because it, you had tried so hard to get this woman to Boston, which was the end of the railroad for her, but she's going to die before she gets there. Mm-hmm. And I opened my eyes again, and the woman has tears streaming down her face. She says, I've had that dream for 20 years, that exact dream, and I've never known what it was. Wow. Now, the thing is, and this is something that Everybody listening who's thinking, where am I going to find my niche? What do I do best? The universe looks inside our talents and rifles through it like a file cabinet, okay? Mm-hmm. For instance, there are a lot of you out there, you'll use a pendulum. Well, I can't do that because I have a slight benign tremor in my right hand, you know, like Catherine Hepburn. So I don't necessarily trust what I would get from a pendulum. On the other hand, theater major at Brown University and a professional actress, I know how to build a character. Mm. I am a writer. Words are my drug of choice. I can tell a story. And history is my thing. I mean, I met my husband, who was a museum director, at a flying museum where he said there was this gorgeous brunette who knew the difference between a Fokker DR1 and an F1 based on the wing skids I had to marry her. (laughs) Now, you put all that together, and the universe is going to go, you're going to be good with past lives. So you put me next to somebody else who's good but doesn't have my background. We both see the same thing. She would probably say, well, you're female in that life, and it's a long skirt and a big picture hat, so I know it's Mm old-fashioned. I would be able to look at the same picture and say, hobble skirt, picture hat, that kind of ostrich feather. You're standing in front of the Brandenburg Gate uh, in Berlin. That's Berlin in 1911. Mm. Which one's going to give you more information? Right, yeah. Not that I'm a better person. It's just my college major if you will yeah so many things about your life up to now have given you so much information i think it's so interesting that you love history you're into past lives i'm a hypnotherapist i do a lot of past life regression with people and i am a costume interpreter at a museum and love history myself it's interesting that that is what we kind of one of the things that we love and you know i love the fact that you are a hypnotherapist because right here I'm going to tell people there is a massive massive difference between what Mella does and what I do and you need to know that difference yeah someone who wants a past life regression you must 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 go to a certified hypnotherapist or a certified past life regressionist because if when you go up to the Akashic you relive your death a gang Mm -hmm. rape you know dying in an earthquake you need someone who knows how to pull you out and make it objective on the other hand, 
you come to me and say, why am I weirded out with wet hair in my face? I'm the one who goes up, pulls the thing from the Akashic and say, read chapter two. You can get the information, but it's not as visceral. And you could do that in a public space. You must never do your regression in a public space. It simply isn't safe for you. Exactly. That's a good point. And you're giving the information, you're accessing the Akashic records, whereas in a hypnosis session, you are talking to me, you are reliving it in a sense, and it is my Mm -hmm. responsibility to keep you safe. So good point. As a reader myself, I do uh, bone throwing and uh, use Oracle cards. Um, Mm -hmm. I love Oracle cards. I have people come to me sometimes and they are just so ornery. It's like, um, they just come in stone face. You know, they don't even want to tell you their name. And I think it's just a misconception that mm-hmm. psychics need to know everything. And I read about this in your book too. It's like they have come like in the movies and the books and we give this mystical message and we know everything. So what about questions and feedback? I mean, I feel like this is super important, but some people think that they just need to go in and sit there and smile in front of you and you give them all the stuff they need to hear. No, no. You know, I use that in my lecture, Psychics 101, The Good, The Bad, and The Cleos. And they say, you're going to come in and you're going to stare at me and your face is going to be stone face. You want me to read you? That's like trying to climb Everest in sneakers, kids. There's no grip. <laughs> yeah. You know, and even... Look, I am fast. There is nobody that slams down those cards faster than me. But if you only have a half an hour with me at a psychic fair, no matter how fast I go, I might not hit what you really wanted, which was talking about your second child going into college. Mm-hmm. And then you leave and go, no, she was terrible. She didn't know anything. Exactly. Which is why when you sit down with me, I will always say to you, what is the most important thing you want to walk out of here knowing? Mm-hmm. And if you go blank on me, I'll go Brooklyn on you and go, darling, what's biting your butt? Because that everybody can pinpoint. <laughs> so now, what's the difference between that and cold questioning? Simple. I see a woman in the cards. I think it's your grandmother, maybe your mom. Oh, it's your cousin. That's a cold reading. Mm. Now, are you friends with her? Oh, no. Well, then let's see. Now, yeah. I will ask some questions, but that's how I can do a multi-card spread. If mm. you come to me and say, I want to look at my career. I'll go, great, three ways we can look at it. Stay where you are, Mm -hmm. change jobs, but somebody else uh, pays the uh, paycheck, or entrepreneur. Why do I ask that? Because there are three multi-card spreads. Mm -hmm. If you say to me, I want to open up a crystal shop, I'd go, great. But I wouldn't pull three cards and say, wait until January and fire the second redhead. What the hell does that do? (laughs) Yeah. So it's a card for you, a card for the energy around the business, the brick and mortar location, how to market it, clients, competition, staff, finances, what you need to know and best possible outcome. Mm. Notice that puts a rocket pack on your back, gives you lots of information. Now, I used to be an executive recruiter. I canceled people in careers for years. So again, the universe gives me a hint from Mm. my past careers and says, try this. When somebody comes to me with the question that y'all come to us with, does Mm. Bruce love me? I will do five cards. You, Bruce, the relationship, what you need to know and best possible outcome. Mm. If you still can't make up your mind what to do, I'll do three threes. Three cards for status quo. You all just kind of bundle along. Three cards for the come to Jesus meeting where you do serious <laughs> counseling. You draw the line in the sand. Three cards for hostile abide by. It's been nice. I'm so gone. Mm. Uh, even if leave is blinking at me like the Beetlejuice sign. <laughs> if you say, 
I guess I'll stick with it and work. I have to zip my lip because that's your free will. Yeah. The exception I make is if you tell me you've been abused or battered, the wiki-woo hat comes off, yeah. the minister's collar goes on, and I will counsel you to get out because right. nobody deserves to be beaten and abused. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. Teach your clients not to ask yes-no questions. Mm-hmm. That's so important. In your book, you really spend a lot of time on when it is not a good idea to see a psychic. (laughs) And I have definitely had clients, and I do toe readings at festivals and fairs. That's what I do at fairs. And I've had clients who want me to tell them exactly what they want to hear. And I am so frustrated with that. So what are some other times when a psychic isn't a good idea? Um, Well, I mean, we all get the woman who wants to know that this person who has no interest in her is going to be with her. And what they do (laughs) is they keep turning the question degree by degree to try to get you to say yes. And, you know, (laughs) the example I have in the book, every psychic who reads this just drops the book and laughs. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Does Bruce think about me? No. Has he ever thought about me? Not the way you want. If I do such and such, will he think about me? No. Is he going to call soon? He isn't. Well, if he's not going to call soon, he's going to call later. And they keep doing this, hoping that the psychic will eventually break down and go, yes, yes, he loves you in one seven right. but he just doesn't know it yet. Oh, good. I thought so. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the other thing is, I don't know how y'all feel, but I will not do remote spying. Mm. Now, if John and Betsy are dating, they can look at each other. If they break up, Betsy can't ask who John is sleeping with. Yeah. That's remote spying. And the example in my book was a woman who said, can you tell me where my ex-husband is sleeping with his mistress? I said, I don't do remote spying. Oh, well, is he with the same one or a different one? I don't do remote spying. How many prostitutes is he cheated? I don't do remote spying. Oh, yeah. well, is he sick? Is he going to die soon? Can I still get his money? You know, when, when that happens, I turn to my front person and I say, uh, Laura, I'm not connecting with Mrs. Karenz. Will you please give her her money back? Mm, yeah. Okay. And and because, no, I am not going to yeah. change my, my rules. There's only one time that I will make an exception on that. And that is parents can spy on their children any way possible. <laughs> that means your mom comes to me, you're fair game. <laughs> This is all about ethics, and ethics is something that I think even in in the witchy world and in psychics and all that, that sometimes gets left out. And one of the things that I teach people is you don't just approach someone, even if you have spiritual gifts, even if their granddaddy is standing there trying to get a hold of them, and they're just standing in, in the line at the grocery store, you do not approach someone and give that information. I've had it happen to me. It's not good. How do you deal with that sort of situation or other bad situations with psychics? Well, what you just talked about is such a hot button for me. I call it a drive-by psychic shooting. Mm. And what has happened is, again, blame the reality shows, blame the Long Island medium. You see her walk up to someone and say, excuse me, your Aunt Doris has a message for you. Your back tire is full and you're going to die in an accident. You don't get it fixed. Just telling you and walks away. Now, that's a setup, guys. You can't do that. For one thing, her scouts have gone and checked out several grocery stores. They choose one. Then they're there for a month talking to people. Then they choose four people and have them sign releases. Mm. And then she goes in and does her stuff. Okay. Yep. Television, (laughs) y'all. Right. Right. To think that your wiki woo value trumps somebody else's free will is the height 
of wrong and why people are afraid of us. Yep. So if that happens to you, you just stop them right there and say, excuse me, I do not want this message. I do not accept it. And if they keep following you, you go and report them to the manager. Yeah. Now I've had to deal with this myself, especially with healers. Healers, mm-hmm. it goes for you too. Yep. I've, I've had it with healers he- too. Right. I can do hands-on healing. And if I see you're in pain, I may go up to you and say, you know, sometimes I can do some hands-on healing and relieve pain. Would you like some help? And if you say no, you can be writhing on the floor and I won't touch you. That's right. There have been people that have come to me and say, I'm a healer. Can I help with that headache? And I say no. And they come literally with their hands up and clawed. No, really. And I have to say, back off. And they go, Mm. you're not very spiritual. Well, you didn't listen. Mm -hmm. I've had people just come up and see see me walking a different way and come up and touch me and start healing me and I'm and I say uh wait a minute I didn't my pain is my friend and it tells me things and I may not want it healed right now that's the whole point you know sometimes it, the the old joke about when I do this it hurts and the doctor says well don't do that <laughs> sometimes we need those bodily glitches to mm-hmm. help us make changes in how we eat, how we move, how we care for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to constantly get healing so you don't get the message is like drinking to dull the pain. Right. No. There's a message there. You know, and if you look at Lilydale, the, you know, a really powerful spiritual community in Western New York, all of the Lilydale trained mediums will come up to you and say, excuse me, but I am Reverend Shirley, and I believe I have a message for you. May I come to you? Mm. magic five words and they will listen to yes or no yeah and so should you that's so important and then on the other side of the coin what if you have a psychic you know we talked about all these terrible things but what if you've got this psychic that's all rainbows and good vibes only that's a red flag too right absolutely that's what i call the one trick ponies Mm. look life is a roller coaster no breaks and we have our ups and our downs and our hairpin turns And so it will never be doom and gloom always. It will never be roses and unicorn farts always. You need help in figuring out how to work that path so that you can get the lessons from the tough things and internalize them for yourself and maybe pass them on to others. Mm. You know, this, uh, I'm going to jump and introduce something that is so important. My fourth book is going to be called Elder and Apprentice. Mm. And that's really vital because look, Everybody makes jokes about OK Boomer, and mm-hmm. but they have a right to do it. We had a sweet spot, 1945 to 1980, really. And the world was very different. We never worried that the world wasn't even going to be livable. Right. We didn't worry about anybody attacking America. We didn't worry that our neighbor was going to come after us with a gun because we have a different political party. Mm-hmm. So the answers we had just don't fly anymore. Millennials and Gen Zs, they need different. Yeah. They can't be in the victim head that we were taught to be in. They have to be community. They have to be everybody is in for the duration. So the difference between a boomer and an elder, and all of you boomer age folks listening, this is a clarion call to you as well. An elder knows that their time on the stage is leaving. Mm-hmm. And we step willingly out of the spotlight and bring on the next ones, the millennials, the Gen Zs. We do have timeless information we can offer but we wait until we're asked politely mm-hmm. and then we offer it. It's the same as uh, waiting to have somebody say, yes, you can heal me or yes, I'll take your message. And once in a while, we will find the person who is the our apprentice. 
I am working with a magnificent 14-year-old named Ula. I've taught her for two years, and she's going to be a better reader than anyone I've ever met by the time she's 25. She's wow. incandescent. So she and I have a lifelong heart contract, elder and apprentice.、Mm. That is when the information we have is useful, and people will stop thinking that we're in the way. If we want the world to continue, and I think we all do,、yeah. we have to empower the ones that are going to be here. I'm 66. Twenty, thirty years from now, I will be upstairs hanging out、mm. with my spirit guides, but Ula will still be down here,、mm. and the world will still be going to hell in a handbasket until it can be stopped. Right. That sounds like a great book.、Uh, I'll be fifty this year, so I'm I'm getting up there, and I have seen the changes in my own children, and、mm-hmm. my children are in their twenties now, and just the difference in the spiritual. It's almost like they came out of the womb. With that different vibration, that different spirituality, already as children, they had to be, you、mm-hmm. know, crystals and indigos. Yep, yep. And there's going to be something after、uh, crystals. I know. I'm not sure if they're there yet, but it's one of the ways that people will also be less scared of us、mm-hmm. if we don't hang on by teeth and toenails to the spotlight. I mean,、uh, I do a talk about that, and there are two slides. One of them is your typical. The guy who is in his seventies wailing away on an electric guitar, and I say, "There's only one person in the world that can get away with that." And then I show a picture of Keith Richards. <laughs>、uh, you know, Keith is going to outlive everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but wearing the mantle of the elder is an honor, but it does、mm-hmm. require you to give up who you used to be. Yeah, yeah. Step, step off, and let others step up. Kind of like David Bowie, the song that he wrote. That was in the album before he died. The whole、mm-hmm. uh, the Black Star. Every time、yes. I hear that, I just think about the lyrics of. It was almost like he knew that he was going to step off the stage, and someone else was going to step into that. That's right. And okay, what is one of the biggest triumvirates in the craft? Maiden Mother Crone. Yeah. Own your crone, kid. You're、mm-hmm. faded. You're older. And somebody else is going to be center stage. You、That's、believe、right. in everything that the craft teaches you. You embrace that too. Yeah. Yep. That's right. So there's one more topic I want to really talk about, and it is because、mm-hmm. it's in the witchy world as well. It's in the holistic healing field, and、yep. I mean, I even see it even with hypnosis that I do. People don't think that spiritual people should charge money. <laughs> And I know you、oh, talk、yeah. about that in your book as well. So,、oh, yeah. why do you think that psychics and and people who are doing this this healing work should charge money? Well, for one thing, yes, a thousand years ago we didn't charge money. That's because when people came to see us, they'd bring us a chicken, that's or right, or clothes, <laughs> or firewood. You're not doing that now. So, let's look at me. I have 50 years of experience. I have certifications at the Wazoo. I work six days a week, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. I read a thousand people a year. You're paying for all that knowledge. You're、mm-hmm. paying for my one-pointed focus on you. Yeah. On the other hand, there are a lot of people who believe I am bad if I charge. No, the world needs money, my darlings. That's simply the way it is. So, let's look at it this way: people will come up to you. And they will say things like, "Well, you're just sitting around, so why don't you read me for half? You'll at least make money." Yeah. Or、uh, a couple of giggly girls will come up and say, "Well, can we both come in and have a reading, but we only pay for one?" 
or there's the person that says, why don't you read me free? And if you're good, I'll tell everybody. <laughs> or the one that says, well, I really want a reading, but I can't pay for it. And they stare at you, hoping to shame you into letting them have a reading. Mm. And then the part that says, what do you mean you won't give me a reading for free? You're not very spiritual, are you? <laughs> and I just look at that and I say, okay, let's turn that around, okay? Would you say to your hairstylist, how about doing a cut for less money? At least you're not standing around. Exactly. To the yeah. plumber. How about you change the pipes in my bathroom sink and replace my dishwasher, but I only pay for one service. <laughs> to the house cleaner. Clean my house free for a month. I'll tell everyone you're good. Mm. To the dress shop owner. Wow, I'd really like that dress for my big event. Stare, stare, stare. <laughs> and my favorite, to the physician. Why won't you see me for free? You'd rather I just got sick and died. You're not very mm. compassionate. And when you give people those examples, people realize how idiotic. Right. No, Ridiculous. That's not true. <laughs> and what I do for the psychics that and, and the intuitives who won't charge because they think it isn't spiritual, I say, okay, we're going to play a game. I want you to tell me what you do really, really well. And it's things like when I work on someone with my healing skills, it makes a big difference. I say, great. Now, what if we said when Barbara Brennan works on someone with her healing skills, it really makes a difference for them? Oh, well, Barbara Brennan is famous. Mm. I give people uh, good counseling and it makes a difference in their life. Yeah, well, I should be doing that. Wayne Dyer gave good counseling to people and it made a difference in their life. And he was a millionaire. Right. So just because you are not famous with PR and a security bunch doesn't mean you don't have a right to charge for your time, your compassion and your energy. Mm. Besides, right. you if you do uh, the circuit and that's where my book, You've Got the Magic Who Needs a Genie comes in. That's my book on how to be an A-lister on circuit. Mm. You're paying for your hotel, you're paying for your right. gas and tolls, you're paying food, you're paying your front person, you're paying your booth fee, yep. and you're expected to do that for free? No, baby. Not at all. Yeah, I don't think people really think that through when they ask that. Mm -mm. <laughs> and a couple of others that I want to tell you, if people come up to you and say things like, uh, tell me something you couldn't know about me and then I'll have a reading. You don't have to do that for anybody. My standard answer was to smile and say, I'm sorry, I don't roll over and fetch either. And I would turn them <laughs> back and they would not get a reading. Mm. Don't take the bullshit. You are a professional and you deserve to be treated like one. Amazing. You say in your book, psychics can be mentors, but we must never be gurus. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Oh, absolutely. The example I give is a mentor will push you a little farther than you think you can go, kick you out of the nest a little before you think you're ready, and sit in the audience and, and applaud wildly when you get an award for being better at what they do than they are. Mm -hmm. And the example I use is Meryl Streep clutching that Oscar, thanking her theater professors at Yale. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gurus are the ones that say, you're not quite there, you're not quite there, take this course, buy this book, blah, 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 blah. You know... Mm -hmm. Esther Hicks and Abraham. Mm -hmm. It's been the same book in 14 different iterations, and now you're supposed to go on a cruise and listen to her too. But mm -hmm. you will never channel Abraham. That's mm -hmm. a guru. That's that's big difference. Yeah, I see that, yeah. I think that this book is going to benefit not only 
the clients who are looking for a psychic, but I think psychics need to read this too. That was one of the most surprising and warming feelings I got is every psychic who has bought this book has come to me and said, God, I wish I had this when mm. I was first starting out. I wouldn't have made as many mistakes. Mm. You know, it was written for the client, but I'm really glad that psychics are reading this and taking it to heart as well. And where is the best place for people to purchase this book from you? Oh, of course it's Amazon. This book is Kindle and paperback. I do encourage people to get the paperback because number one, I'm sending them out. You want an autograph, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. But I specifically printed the book with great big fat margins so that you can make notes and circle things and argue with me if you want and really make the book your own. Beautiful. And you're on social media. Where can folks follow you? Oh, they can't avoid me. Are you kidding? <laughs> CorbyMitlide.com is my website. Fire Through Spirit is where to find me on Facebook, and I do free reading hours once a month. Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, Patreon. That's all Corby Midlide. Any final thoughts for us before we close down our episode, our wonderful episode? Yes, for all of you listening out there, darlings, there are 7 billion people in the world, and I can't read them all, and I'm going to die. We need more good intuitives. We need witches that will hold up the energies. Please come in. You are welcome. We'll teach you everything that we know. Make it your own. There is so much room for more psychics, more intuitives, more people to heal the planet. Mm, what an invitation. Beautiful. Corby, it has been an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. I had a great time. Thanks for asking. And as always, I would love to hear what our listeners think about this episode's topics. There's so much to think about. Have you ever had a situation like what we talked about? If you go to the podcast website, you can comment on this very episode with your thoughts, with your questions, your comments, your circumstances that has happened to you. And you can even click that little microphone, send me a voice message. I love to get those. Y'all take care and be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.